Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg and Mike. Hello and welcome. Um, Greg, Mike, and Richard by proxy because he can't get his damn system working, so he is he is on He's Skype a- chat <laughs> trying to keep up with... It's just a he'll, I can't he'll submit he'll submit his opinions in writing. <laughs> you know, Anna Slime has like the worst wireless connections and you know, he can't get wired for reasons we won't mention right now. He's, he says he has pneumonia. Oh crap. Okay. Well um, what are we gonna do today? We are going to sorry, go tell us. You tell us. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. I'll say. Um, we're going to read some old email that we forgot to read. We mistakenly skipped over, and we're going to revisit what it means to be a DF, at least DF the way we um, coined it almost a year back, ago on, on our back in, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. All right, all right. Well, the first email we're going to read. That should have been read two shows ago. Yeah, we got our hands slapped for it. Yeah. Uh, is from Captain Barbosa on the DPN boards. Hi. And I'll read it. It says, hey, Mike and Greg. Hey. First of all, Captain Barbosa. First of all, my name is Peter, coming from Northern California, and also known as on the DPN boards as Captain Barbosa. I really enjoy your show and love every moment of it. Secondly, I'm just going to ask you guys a question. On episode 52, could they think of putting a Walt AA in a Disney museum and give him and have him give you a tour of the historic Disney Family Museum coming to San Francisco in 2008? Well, we, we kind of went over that. I think we think it'd be kind of creepy. Well, I, it would be kind of hard for him since we don't really have any walking AAs to give you a tour, uh, but I guess to give you a, a narration or a... Yeah. But they do a good job of disguising moving A's, you know, like the Ben Franklin going up the steps. and Yeah, but American the way the museums could be set up, I don't think you could kind okay. of disguise that. But I see, I don't find anything creepy about that. Though I've mentioned how Lincoln sometimes can be kind of creepy because he's like slumped over in his chair when you go. <laughs> you know, off. But, you know, I, I, I'm not as much into that creepiness. I think it would be kind of cool to many of those of us who you know weren't yeah, you know, to see him in person it'd be kind of a like you've pulled him right out of that epcot video have him looking you know at that stage of his life it'd be more like watching him thaw out of an ice cube with richard standing <laughs> his head shot <laughs> all right anyway let me finish i always enjoy your opinions and banter to be honest i strongly i strongly agree with every one of them greg i think you make a great candidate for walt disney imagineering <laughs> <laughs> it is too bad. It's too bad I can't meet you guys at Westfest. I shouldn't laugh. But hey, but hey, maybe in the future. Thank you for giving me sh- great insight of information and enlightening me each day. Your friend of the DPN, Peter, also known as Captain Barbosa. Well, you're welcome for the information. I don't know how much insight we have, and I certainly don't consider us enlightening. But thank you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we got a follow up email from from Captain Barbosa. Um, so great candidate for dumbass. <laughs> so I will um, read that also. That's a, that's a Richard said <laughs> dumbass. Great candidate for dumbass. Yeah, he would know. <laughs> so it says Greg, Mike, and Richard. And this is no look. What Richard? You got an email from a listener. How does that make you feel? Can you type jumping up and down? <laughs> <laughs> this is really annoying. This is almost as bad as a poker show. Waiting for him to deal because he couldn't think and eat. And- 
you'll do Okay, you shoot the stinking email, damn it. Write Mike and Richard. And by the way, did you set up Richard an email yet? Yes. And d- Well, he probably doesn't check them anyway, so. <laughs> I apologize for being brief with you guys on my last email, and I, fe- I feel I need to tell you how much I feel about you guys. I'm not quite sure about the syntax. The word, but- the word feel and <laughs> do it. Go on. Yeah, we're, Peter, we're not making fun of you. Just, we're just, no. We're just being us, okay? We're just being us. <laughs> Greg, your opinions are what spark both my scast and imaginary in my way. I can't believe all this stuff I'm hearing from your days in the Air Force and your old times as a Disneyland cast member. It really blows my mind away. Even though we are sometimes different arguments, doesn't mean it will not listen. I have, doesn't mean I, it will yeah, I make need to up. throw things in here. Doesn't mean I will not listen to the show. It's your thoughts that really keeps the show rolling. You know how when they, they you ever seen that in print and they're quoting somebody and they put the little brackets because they filled in yeah, yeah. words have dropped off. This is what I'm doing kind of visually as I go. Mike, you're a funny guy. We all yeah. like Mike. <laughs> oh, how much you put up with Greg's business. You seem to have a bunch of fun participating in this discussion. I heard what you did at Westfest. I don't want to know what that means. And it shows how much you stepped up to take their leadership for the whole event. If you only knew the real story behind that. I'm really excited to meet you sometime in the future. I did not take the whole leadership for the whole event. Richard. I just handled no, I but just, you know, it was it. It would have seemed like it because everybody was always thanking you for doing it. Also, well, that's a whole other topic. Richard, yes. Bob's favorite man. It's one way of putting it. Your yep. valuable information really makes me want to listen to the show again and again. And you're pumping <laughs> Richard's head really big. Um, have you ever thought about writing a book on your experience <laughs> and resourceful info? What? <laughs> He'll never get it done, but <laughs> might start. Well, you got my vote. And w- Sorry, Peter. We're not laughing at you. This is just no. really good stuff. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the thought of Richard doing that is just funny. <laughs> You're reading what he's typing, aren't you? I'm trying. No, to he's not typing anything. Okay. I don't think Richard's typing anything. Uh, he, oh. he doesn't type. He picks. Even though... <laughs> <laughs> That one says, well, yeah, wait a second, <laughs> good reading. <laughs> I need a beverage, because... Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's dripping on the way you're reading. <laughs> okay, so be quiet. Good reading. Greg was good at cold reading scripts, too. <laughs> yeah. well, Greg is an ass. Greg is an ass. <laughs> I'm sorry, go no, on. No offense to Peter, but anybody reading the email <laughs> would have a little bit of... All right. Tough time. Sorry, Peter. Just some of the words left out here and there. I do it on my posts all the time, so I know. I know. I was, even though I can't finish. So even though you, you are not sometimes on the show, I like hearing you anytime you are on. All well, of he's you, on now. Yeah, I'm silent. Yeah. <laughs> all of you guys are truly one of the best podcasters out there, and I'm so glad you guys are part of the DPM. So are we. Thank you. Yeah, we it's, enjoy it. It's not. It's not only one guy who takes this podcast. It's a team effort. You guys are decidedly the best out there. I got to say it again. This show's really one heck of a ride. Greg and Mike, make Richard a MiceCast email account for Christ's sakes. Can we say that? I guess we already did. Yeah, because, so. wait, Peter, aren't you a little young for saying for Christ's sake? Um, 
because he has a lot of popularity in the DPN and the people know need to know how to keep in touch with him. I wish I could have made it to Westfest, but it was a rough time in the moment. We just didn't have time to go. Oh, well, there's another next year, and who knows, I might run into you guys in the park in July. If you guys ever want someone on the show, please let me know. I would like to talk to you guys anytime. Keep it up, keep it up guys. I know this year will always be remembered. Thank you, Peter, a.k.a. Captain Barbosa, DP Informs. P.S. I'll let you guys know when I'll be down at Disneyland ASAP. And I'll leave out the other thing because that's kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah. And once again, they're shooting Super for July, July time. So, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, Peter. That sorry, was very sorry for nice. Sorry for your email, Peter. Ego stroke. Nice ego stroke. And we enjoy one of those now and then. <laughs> Jason from San Diego, one of our premier, I think probably our first fan. No. Uh, first well, oh, fan? No, right. We can't. He's not a first fan, but he has bought our first T-shirt, I think, and been picked. Yeah, I think he's the first guy to buy a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and, and he had, was brave enough to have his, his picture taken in it, too. Um, but he missed us. He was in the park the same day we were there. He saw Tony Baxter. I won't go into some of the other stuff he sent because it was just kind of nice uh, how-do-you-do's and uh, things like that. But thanks for the email, Jason. We appreciate it. And now you had one from J.L. Banker, too, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, he said uh, he wanted to let us know about his trip to Disneyland on Friday, June 1st. He was there June 1st, too. No, what a day to... Gosh. And he wore his Unlike best. Paul, they weren't able to sneak on the ride. You know, we had legitimate tickets. I'm not, you know... I wore, he wore his mice cash shirt around Disneyland, and on his way out of the park, he stopped by City Hall to fill out a compliment form for a cast member. While he was filling it out, the cast member helping asked him what's his handle. He was taken aback, and he wasn't sure what she was talking about. And I, He goes, I said, what? And she pointed to your logo on my shirt and asked again. Apparently, she's a regular listener and occasional poster on the DPN, Ooh. and he won't... He won't give us her screen name and the stuff to you know keep the DFs away. Yeah, well, now that he said where uh, he worked, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, well, Scott, I, good idea. Yeah, um, it would be interesting to know how many Disneyland employees are familiar with the show. Yeah, I'd like to know that too. Um, and ha- he had two questions: Have we run into any cast members that recognize you guys? In my case, the answer is no. In my case, how many listeners? Sort of. It's it was. It came up in conversation. They're like, "Oh yeah, you guys." Okay. Yeah. And how many listeners do you think you have? <laughs> uh, three or four. You know, an honest answer. Here, I'll do an honest answer. I'll check. I'll jump onto the stats just so Josh can know. And I'll tell you how many downloads for show. the recent sh- for this month of. It will take three or four off of that because I subscribe to three or four different places. So I <laughs> okay. Because um, I critique our show and listen, unlike some other people I know. I listen to this. Okay. Uh, actually, let me go to last month because June just started. Just relax. Take another swig of your beverage over there and just shut your pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in May, show number Fifty-seven got almost nine hundred low uh, grabs. Eight hundred ninety-six. Uh, number fifty-nine got eight hundred thirty-seven. Number fifty-eight got like eight hundred thirty. So, I'd say right around eight hundred. Called seven fifty, you know, for repeats or failed downloads or start overs or things like that. So, that's the best way I can answer. I think we have approximately seven hundred listeners, maybe a little more. Which isn't bad. 
Are you typing to Richard? Is that why you're not saying anything? Um, yes, I, I'm disappointed by our numbers. One of the security guys is telling me he's yeah, talking with me. Yeah, uh, I don't, no, I, I don't didn't remember. Me, we I gave some MiceCast cards out to a guy at the uh, Glowfest at Westfest. Uh, was asking about us. So. Okay, Craig is good at stroking himself. <laughs> um, well, nine hundred is not bad. The, some other shows I'm associated with do. A little better now. Yeah, but you're okay. You know, you don't know how to read Libsyn stats, so you know who knows. Really, isn't that what you're telling me? No, I didn't tell you that. Uh, okay, well. Anyway, all right. So, guys, we got another one there. here. A show idea. We, I guess we forgot to check this out. We have a show idea. Free show from who? Prep. Where? From. Um. Well, the screen name is Vlan. Maybe Vlan. What's up, guys? Love the show, blah, blah. You touched on a subject that I'd like to hear a show on. How Disney views podcasting, the effects it has on the company. Obviously, they see potential. They're doing their own, but they're rare. I'm thinking they see it as a free advertising, but but any support is unofficial. Bullshit company line. Disney CEOs and Imagineers give many interviews, and Bob Gurr works a lot with Extinct Attractions. Yeah, it's called whoring yourself out. I'm, I mean, it's called your poor <laughs> retirement. I don't know. Bob's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. They even have employees podcasting. They don't even seem to care about copyright music. Tell that to China. Last, <laughs> do you think any of this free advertising is getting them any more cash? Let me know what you think. Great work, guys. And, and this is an email you got, or is this a post? No, I get this was an email. Maybe it didn't come to you. It came. I All thought right. it would have been CC to you. I, I have no idea, you know, we have no idea of knowing what the official company thought is on unofficial Disney podcast. You know what I'm saying? But they have gone public to say that they do look at online content. What they were not saying, and they weren't specific, if it's, you know, people like Mice Crap and, uh, you know. Mice Crap? What do you mean? You mean. Disney publicly said that they look at the online communities and what they're doing and they read their posts, they listen to things. They didn't actually say what shows they listen to or what boards they might uh, be reading, but they just said that they, they were in tune with what the online community was doing out there. Well, that's a nice generic, you know, I think it was on, empty. Um, uh, inside the jasket in the, um, wait, outside the, the outside the magic. What was that? <laughs> Can't make it the park opening. What are you talking about? That Ricky Finger guy? What? Not Ricky. Oh, Ricky. What is that guy's <laughs> name? The, I think he wants a haunted mansion thing. What it, That's so funny. I can't. Crap. I can't think of his name. Anyways, I think it might have been on his show. He had he, he had a clip from some news conference or something. Um, okay. Anyways, so we know they're out there. You know how much do they really put credence into what you know what uh, is going on? I don't know. Um, their podcasts have been good and sporadic. They had a behind the gears, I think they called it, or behind the ears was an interview. About ten podcasts it was pretty good. Had a lot of Marty Scalar stuff, um, uh, but you know it's not consistent enough. It's it's every every now and then. So Richard uh, yeah. has chimed in here. It- 
This is the old reading is chiming in. It, it's really breaking it's just, up the uh, flow of the show. You know? Oh, because our show is flowing so smoothly right now. <laughs> Disney Online and Disney Interactive watching that big time. Okay. Richard says he's also been to several legal seminars and have dealt exclusively with net content and net operations. I'm not sure how much he really wants to say what he does. That gives more of an idea who he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, he should learn when to keep it, you know. All right. Well, hey, did you get this one from uh, Jason McClellan, the European specialty beverages guy? No. European specialty beverages. No. I'm plugging the guy's uh, place. Maybe I should read this one. Greg, Go ahead. Uh, Greg, just a quick note on the last show. The last I heard about the supposed Disney park in Branson was that two of the principals listed in the application had addresses that people associated with Disney. One was Glendale and the other one was Orlando. However, I heard it was discovered that they had nothing to do with Disney. They were just trying to pull a fast one on the town. As for Superstar Television, it was a show that drafted audience members to perform in skits from old TV shows, such as a candy scene from I Love Lucy. I remember that. And Bonanza. So that answered that question about that one building, right? I saw that show. Okay, so it is that building we were thinking about where you kind of walk and go down a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. I was picked once to be in a soap opera. It was really fun and would have been easy, an easy show to update. I'm not sure why they got rid of it. Keep up the good work on the show is one of the most enjoyable Disney podcasts out there. The extra tangents make each show an adventure. P.S. Postscript for those who don't know what that means. Like yourself, I'm of Scottish descent. My family owns a microbrewery here in Connecticut where we use our Scottish heritage in all our marketing. We hold a Celtic music festival at the end of September every year that draws about 12000 for music, haggis, and beer. Yuck. If it ain't haggis, it's crap. Okay. Uh, actually, haggis kind of tastes like crap. But <laughs> oh, the March of the Haggis starts every Scottish festival. Last year, we had one of your favorite bands, the Wicked Tinkers, performed. One of the bands we always have is called uh, Albanock. Maybe they are performing in Pleasanton, California at the beginning of September. I highly recommend them. If you're ever in New England at the end of September, drop me a line and I'll get you the smoking hot wife, you and the smoking hot wife, a VIP access. You could go leaf peeing after. <laughs> Cheers, Jason. <laughs> European specialty beverages. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to look them up right now. That's right. And I could hear Richard beeping and chiming the whole way. I'm sure he's some smart ass things to say. No, he's asking how to. Uh, oh, how to spell haggis? Yeah. yeah. Yo, you, there's a band out there called Bad Haggis. Isn't that kind of redundant? Like military yes. intelligence or something like that? Bad Haggis, yeah. Oh. European specialty beverages. You know, and our favorite Aussie keeps in his emails. He, he just makes me laugh. I can't read some of his shit on the air. I just, it's just too funny, but he's he's a good guy. Next time I'm... Well, next time you're in Australia, you have to look him up? Is that where you were going? <laughs> yeah. Which may be a while since I've been there so many times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of um, the Aussies, I don't know what. I was in working on my, my daughter's computer and she had the TV going. And I'm not sure if it's at inside, not inside LA, but one of those like um, 
those little news capsules that are, are all about the celebrities, you know, who's dieting, who's dating, all that crap, for, uh, for what it's called. But they were talking to this little, this young girl, and then she sounded Australian. Then they got back, and they went back and forth. It's the um, crocodile hunter's daughter. Oh, yeah, Bindi. And the wife, and I'm like, it's, it almost seemed perverse. It almost was like they were hawking on the dead dad's name or something. And she, they showed her holding snakes and doing some other stuff. And I guess she's got her she, own show or something. Uh, she was supposedly getting ready to um, get her own show rolling when dad bit the big one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they, they, um, uh, they were talking about it. Uh, the dad and you know blah blah and I'm like oh man it just it just seemed a little perverse at the time I didn't know she was supposedly starting her own show but she is quite the um, ball of spunk though I tell you she's <laughs> yeah yeah don't you remember my wife don't you remember my wife called me during during a poker game to tell me that he kicked a bucket. Yeah, that that's right. We almost made you match the pot, but the news was kind of well, good, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not good. Yeah. But it was. It was. At least she wasn't. Call, at least she wasn't calling to ask when I was coming home or do whatever. She just like, called like, to tell me. That yeah, like the calls Steve Richard gets that. when he's at the poker table. All right, let's see what kind of comments that makes him. Dad died filming for the daughter show. What calls? <laughs> Dad died filming right. for the daughter show. That wasn't for his own show. Is that what, what he's trying to? Apparently, say? well, that's a Richard saying that Dad died filming for the daughter show. He's probably lucky he didn't die soon or something that shit he did. So, oh, yeah, I was, crazy. I was sent the link to the oh my this this YouTube video, and it says watch it all the way to the end. And it was like a train wreck; you couldn't take your eyes off him. What was it about? It was about the call of the wild. I mean, it was somewhere you know in Africa, and. Um, is that a at a lake or a watering hole? You see all of these water buffalo coming up to the hole. On the right, you see about five lions. Couldn't really tell how old. Look female. There might have been a male or in there, but they look like uh, the females getting ready to hunt. One's crouching, and the water buffalo kept getting closer. And there's this big, huge bull, and he kind of made some noise. He kind of walked back, and the whole kind of herds with him. Next thing you know, like four or five lions just spring to life, just like that. And the people are going shit. Oh no! You know, and it's running. They're going. It's going to get the calf, and sure enough, one of them just beelines. I'm not going to believe how fast these huge, you know, lions are moving. Takes the calf down, and th- three or four more jumped on top of it, and they end up right on the water's edge. In fact, they're in the water for a second. They drag it out of the water, and they're fighting for it. And all the water buffalo kind of scamper away. And the problem was, it kept zooming in, so you couldn't see what was happening around. And you're hearing all the commentary from the guy leading leading this uh, safari. Next thing you know, a crocodile comes out and grabs the leg of the calf. So now you got these lions and the crocodile pulling over this water buffalo. And you can hear the, this lady going, oh, I, I hope he goes fast. You can still see him kicking. I'm like, oh, yeah. So oh, my God. This thing's still alive. And then you can hear him say, the water buffalo is, the water buffalo are moving. This whole herd. Finally, you see this whole freaking herd come up right behind them. And they're like making noises, trying to get the lions to move. You can still see the calf is moving. It's not dead. They're just like pinned before them, got it pinned down. Next Uh, thing you see is this water buffalo launch this lion about 10 feet in the air on its horns. Just 
wham! This thing, I'm, I'm not shitting you. This thing goes flying. What? <laughs> and they're all like, whoa! I can't believe this is happening. So, and this is a YouTube video? This was a link to a YouTube video. Richard's saying it was some show called Earth and Discovery Channel. Oh, no, he's talking about this elephant attack. You know, pay attention, Richard. Anyways, so then, and so all these buffalo are trying to, water buffalo are trying to get them away. Finally, they pushed them around enough that the calf jumped up, immediately kind of ran behind the big ones, and they kind of scooted around like, you know, you can almost feel yourself with your hand trying to put your kid behind you, like, stand, you know, trying to go. Yeah. So the buffalo start shoving these lions around, pushing, getting them to scatter one buffalo chases one line to the left. They kind of run a couple other off to the right. And this big, huge-ass water buffalo just like kept making noise. And they finally scared the lions away. And the big herd moves off with the, the calf. But I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like realizing I'm like tense watching this thing. Because it was, I mean, literally life and death drama in the savannah. Wow. And what was it? What did this come from? Do we know what it, uh, uh I might still have the link at work. I'll, I'll check. Well, I, no, well, you know, I did a YouTube search for lion, water and buffalo. And I came up with battle at Kruger. Oh, that's lion it. Versus, battle at Kruger. Lion, lion versus croc versus water buffalo. Yes, that's it. But battle at Kruger is the one, the link I was sent. Eight minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, you have to watch it all the way to the end. You can well, I won't do it now. Oh, not now. <laughs> don't do it. Now. I, I was telling it, the smoking hot wife earlier. And I'm like, I was told, I said, it was intentional. So I was intentional listening to this. You know, it was, it was something else. I don't, I, I haven't quite seen there was some, that before. There was some similar stuff, some similar crazy crap going on that the show that Richard referenced, the um, Planet Earth that was on Discovery High Def. Um, um, oh, I tell you, they, I just got, they showed, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, they showed some crazy crap. They showed, you know, hyenas operating. You know, five hyenas operating with with pack strategy, where they'd split up and circle a group, and you know, call out a weak one, and then you know, nab them. Or uh, they showed a wolf chasing a lamb, and and they showed the whole thing, and it's it's shot from a helicopter like fifteen hundred feet away. And sure enough, you know, they're like, okay, the the lamb will get away when the the loser is the one who falls down first. Whoever's footing is bad. That's the one who's gonna you know, if the lamb's footing's bad, he's gonna die. If the wolf's footing's bad, he's going to go hungry. And they showed it until the wolf caught him, and then they cut to something else. They also showed a snow leopard on the rocks chasing after some... Uh, yeah, there's, there was some link to a little, snow leopard versus something. It said snow leopard versus something. on Because when, when you got into that link battle at Kruger, there were some, you know, uh, elephant stampede, and they showed a few other things. I, I was just going to yeah. tell you, I just finally got my high-def um, dish installed. You know, I've been just watching high-def off the... Um, the airwaves. So now I've got the HBO on the Showtime. Like tonight, we were watching the Tudors. Uh, the smoking off white loves the Tudor show. It's actually pretty hey, pretty well done. Uh, have you found out that? Well, if you start watching regular TV again in the fall, there's some some shows are done really well in high def, and some are not so good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, of course, the PBS shows; uh, those stations seem to get all the government well, money for their equipment, and it, their, some of their crap looks really good, but, you know, they're only showing they sh- animals and blue water and green. I mean, they're showing the, all these best... Uh, they sh- But they shoot in full... They sh- you know, all your PBS, or most of PBS is full HD, 1080p. Yeah. Right? ABC shows are 720p, and everybody else is doing 1080i. All right, Richard, what's got? Look at that photo. It's flying fickle finger of fate. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so Jason right. from San Diego, <laughs> that picture you sent me is called the Flying Fickle Finger of Fate. Whatever the hell that means, I don't know. Um, oh, is that what that is? That's what that is. Yeah, I found out my, I had to look up, I didn't know what the stats of my TV were because the satellite thing had me setting it up. And uh, I go 1080i. I don't, it's not P, but it's 1080i is the high. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's not full HD. It's sort of HD. I, I don't, you know, I don't get a hard time. I don't have a hard time keeping it all straight, too. It was like 480i, 480p, or 1080i. That's what the, um, that's what the versions I had, or the TV will accept input from those. Um, so that it's been kind of cool to see some of the, the high def stuff. But, you know, back to the show. Uh, <laughs> we had a, a tangent before we even got started. <laughs> yeah, we did. So we are going to redefine or talk about, I think we covered all the emails, so we'll just move on, what it means what it means to us for you to be a DF or for anybody to be a DF. All right. And I well, go ahead. What you just, I, I was going to say that. We we coined our term, or Greg coined our term, on our 10th show. In our 10th show. It took us that I was long to get that. I thought it would have been like the third or fourth show. but yeah, No, it was our 10th show. And uh, I'm going to tell you the date of that show here real quick. I want to say March. You don't have it off the top of your head. You're usually so good at dates. Yeah, you would think, but no. <laughs> You're slipping in your old age. Yeah, that's it. Going with the old age. Going with the hair. All right, let's see. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was our second mailbag show. March 19th, 2006, mailbag number two. We're talking about, um, someone asked us to talk about DCA. So we talk about DCA and some of the things that, some of the reimagining we would do in about an hour into it. crap about dates, just go on. Yeah, well, (laughs) about an hour into it, we, you know, you started, we talk about Disney purists and, you go on. Well, the, I posted the clip. If you go to the DPM boards, look up what is a DF at the top of that. I posted a link to a five-minute clip where we talk about it. Yeah, and so there. Yes, and you know, and um, I guess other people have been using it slightly differently, slightly differently. That's real good English. Um, <laughs> and, uh, to refer to <laughs> Disney freak, and it was stated by one of our trusted. Um, East Coast people that it stood for Disney Freak, and that's how the cast members used it. I was trying to think back to the days when I worked in the park, and I don't know that I ever used Disney Freak. I know we used fifty-one forty-nine and a half quite a bit. We, um, you know, annual pass holder was like a pejorative when that first came out because they were the biggest pain in the asses. Uh, yeah, but back then, you know, there was only one type of annual pass. That's true. We, okay. we had the Videopolis kids. I mean, there was a lot of kind of little subgroups that drove us nuts. I'm not sure if, you know, I can remember ever using Disney Freak, though DF does lend itself. Uh, yeah, Adam Henry's Richardson. <laughs> uh, yeah, it brings back a few. few. Adam Henry's AH, right? <laughs> um, but I, I can see how people would easily jump into the, the Freak category because as we've seen... Um, uh, Disney enthusiasts a lot of times are on the strange side, can be. Uh, not unlike Trekkies, 
versus a, you know a Trekkie versus a Star Trek fan. I, I think I'm a pretty into it um, Trek fan, but I would not call, my, call myself a Trekkie. Uh, have I went to a? I have been to a costume party where I, I wore a Star Trek costume. Never worn one to a convention, though I've been to an opening day movie, and I think Richard was with me on the, on that one. We, a bunch of us from Disneyland drove down to the um, Grauman's Chinese Theater for the opening show of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And I'm sure already <laughs> people are going um, Trekkie because he knows you know the names of the movies and all that. But, I mean, Spock, I think, was sitting behind me. There was a Klingon here. There's a Klingon over there, you know. And what I've noticed about these people is they just can't come in and sit down. They have to stand up as long as they can before the movie starts to be seen. Um, <laughs> that's what I you know, would call the Trekkie, and not too far from the the, um, uh, the Disney freak. Now, you'll have to tell me this, Mike, because I'm not sure, and Bob's not on the line, what do you call the equivalent of a Star Wars fanatic? Because I know they were making hey. that movie called Fanboys. Is it? Is that ever come out? By the way, is that something you have to rent? Didn't make it to the theaters. <laughs> Richard says he, he says that these movie premieres Klingon speaking Klingon too. Yeah. Don't forget. Uh, don't forget the Klingon yeah. speaking Klingon. That is true. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know if Star Wars fans have you know a name like Trekkie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but by the way, Fanboys. I saw it advertised on Clerks Two DVD. Does anybody know if that ever came out? That looked like it'd be really funny. Uh, Clerks 2 on DVD. Don't know if it's hit the stores yet. Clerks 2 has, but on the Clerks 2 DVD, there was an advertisement for a movie called Fanboys, which was these Star Wars fans going, trying to find a pre-cut of the movie before it was released to see it, and they bump into you know people like Shatner, and they, he throws this, this um, like big case with a movie reel in it, and they're like, how'd you get that? And he's like something. I don't. It's been a while since I've seen the clip, but it's something like, "I'm Shatner. I'm like I'm the captain. I can do anything." Or I'm William Shatner. <laughs> um, but it looked like it'd be really funny. So there's kind of a clash between Star Trek and Star Wars fans because you know there's not much of an overlap there. People I've found are really Star Trek or really Star Wars, and I guess you could say only the casual interest or the people who can appreciate more than one thing in their life can cross. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's like, oh, Star Trek sucks, or Star Wars sucks, <laughs> you know? Um, it's kind of like the people who like Disney or don't like Disney. I, I, a lady at work, and I had, I, I had to come down a bit, little bit on her. She went a little, uh, you know, uh, overboard. She, she made fun of a font I had on something we were making uh, for a cover for a book at work or something. And I used uh-huh. a font that was called Architect. It was very uh, script, well, not script-like, but very artsy you know very architect like and she said something about we don't need your your disneyland fonts and it pissed me off and later i said something to her i said you know i i don't appreciate you being pejorative in the way you you uh address me i mean for one i'm a partner and she's this not she's the person in the front that answers the phone and she writes contracts and stuff but you know it just kind of uh, whizzed me off a little bit and uh and she's always like, what are you going to do? Going to Disneyland again? Going to Disney World? And she hates my uh, 
my picture of George Bush hanging next to my desk. So I, I added two more in Ronald Reagan next to it. <laughs> God, good old Ronnie. I, yeah. I have a little flag on my desk. This is really cool. You push the button and the flag waves like it's in the wind and it plays like the Star Spangled Banner. And nice. Other things. And that just drives her insane. Uh, and the funny thing is she's an army brat. Well, she's an old army. And she's in her probably 50s. Uh, she's in a, well, late forties, early fifties, whatever. She's an army brat, so you think she'd be a little more patriotic, um, but she's just, you know. Anyways, it's like Lou gets that crap. You know, you're going to Disneyland again or Disney World. It's like you know, do you the you know, other yeah. people who do, do I give you crap for whatever stupid thing you're yeah, doing right yeah, now? Do I give you crap because you go to the chiropractor every week? What do you 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 know, you know or do you, yeah, can, uh, or do I give you crap because you like to drink every day? At the, I'm not saying her, but I'm just saying in general. You know, some people have their routines. They go to the bar every week. I don't go to the bar every week. Should I give you a shit about going to the bar every week? Because instead of the bar, I'd like to go to Disneyland. You know, so. Um, but back to the freak versus fundamentalist. I find personally that all free, most freaks, if not all, fit into the fundamentalist category. But not all fundamentalists fit into the freak category. Yes, yes. Someone, I think Mercury Waxing posted that on the board. Oh, I, I know I posted it. Did someone else post that too? Yeah, that not all not all fundies are freaks, but per, certainly all freaks are fundies. Oh, that sounds like my quote, but well, uh, you're gonna make me go back. No, you don't have to. If someone else said it and I didn't notice it, and I repeated it. That's fine. Um, but it, I think it's true because, like when we were at Mouse Fest, you know, I gotta say there was there were some what I might say were freaks and there were definitely some fundamentalists, but the fundamentalists don't usually become the creepy freak type. You know, they're, they're more just, they don't want to see things change. You know, it's, it's, um, it should have stopped, you know, when Walt died or uh, that should have been it. Yeah. Or when some of his proteges that were in tune enough with him, once they kind of slowed down, then nothing should change from there. Um, though sometimes they can be kind of here and there, like they might accept a Tony Baxter attraction after Walt died, um, but maybe they're not going to uh, accept a Joe Rhodes attraction. Who, uh, you, that guy, Nazi, if you saw him walking oh, around, you probably think you, yeah. <laughs> No. Artist. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he <laughs> he definitely uh he, without knowing he, who he is, oh yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. definitely comes across as. But you know, I could say that going to the Scottish festivals, there are people who you can tell live for every festival and every. What's the other one they do? What's uh, that's like the Scottish festival? The um, Renaissance Fair. Behind, oh, Renaissance Fair. You yeah. can tell people that live for that. And you can tell people that enjoy just coming, having a good time for the weekend, and going home. Um, we had a podcaster that did Renaissance Fair podcast, and yeah. I think he went to that side and never came back. Uh, no, I think I've seen him pop up here and there having something. But uh, Rena- really? Renaissance Fairs are a huge thing. I I find them a slight bit overboard, but they can be fun. I, I like at the Scottish festivals. <laughs> the uh, the smoking hot wife just tends to like to spend my money while she's there and and shop and all the, the stuff. Though you could buy it, you could find that stuff if you wanted to. It's just easier when it's in one spot. 
Um, but I, I learned of the band Brother at an Irish festival once. Uh, Brother is an Australian group that mixes rock and and bagpipes, and they're pretty good. And then Wicked Tinker. So I've you know picked up some about the heritage and the and all that. But it's a big shopping thing. And then if you want to go watch the sports, you can you know, you know see them toss cabers and take him throw rocks and, and yeah yeah throw rocks all that. All that fun stuff, and there's some badass dudes doing that shit. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's unbelievable what they do with a caber and and other things. But and so it's you know I find it you know entertaining. Sometimes I'll find myself sitting in the corner just waiting for it to you know get done shopping because you, you don't try to go up there and toss a caber. I have never tossed a caber, but you are correct. Uh, I have not. I don't even know what they call the other thing. There's a ball. They have one where it's a ball on a stick. It's kind of like a shot put, but the ball is connected to the stick and you spin around and you let it go. That's like a mace toss or hammer toss I'd, you or something. Know, I'd be like the guy who, I'd be like when Richard throws the bowling ball backwards instead of towards the pins. I'd probably let <laughs> go of that thing the wrong way, take out the crowd behind me. <laughs> I don't think the cable toss would be good for my back, but. Uh, no, <laughs> probably not. Damn. <laughs> but, all right, uh, so. So, uh, what, how do you see a fundamentalist, Mike? What, what's what's your view? Well, just just like we did, you know, it's someone who just well, we've already said it a bazillion times. Someone who cannot let go of their past. Their past. Um, the parks. Yeah, I. Well, parks past, but I think their past in the parks. Their childhood would, would make, memories in the park. Exactly. They're. Th- they go in there. They don't want it to change because they want their children to see it the way they saw it. That's a good way of putting it. Now, it, on that though, let me—I I want to try to further refine it because I, I think you're nailing something here that's really good. Would you say that the average fundamentalist is in a cer- certain age bracket, or would you say yes. it's a trans age thing? No, no, I'd say they're probably boomers. <laughs> Okay. Baby boomers. I, I would say that baby boomers are older. Um, yes. And uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And now, what about freaks? Would would a freak um, freak span I think, every level, or do you think it's got a kind of a cutoff where it starts to taper into fundamentalism? Not. No, I think I think freaks skew younger. Actually. Well, I would agree with you, but I'm asking you on the how are there freaks in the boomer plus ages? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure there is. But are they, um, let's say the percentage drops dramatically once you hit the boomer age? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you take, if you take freaks as a whole, the majority of them will be in, a, in an age group that's pre-boomer, you know, or tweener, like me. I'm a tweener, right? Yeah, you're, you're at the end of the boomers. Yes, and a boomer, well, tw- yeah. 60, when does Gen X start? 64 boomers end, right? Yes, and and when is Gen X? Sixty eight. Uh, I've lost track of X and yeah, yeah. I and Z, I, whatever they call I, it. I don't know. Days. I don't know. I, I I consider myself more tweener than boomer, but anyway, I I think that your your freaks are going to be skewing more younger, and but you will have some that are still you know in their fifties. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and they're probably six, flower six. children anyway. So. Um, yeah, but these uh, you know those the people that are freaks. That are older are probably the ones that you know remember Disneyland in 1955, and you know it affected them so profoundly that they've been messed up ever since. 
Yeah, Richard's kind of agreeing. He typed in and said, I've had some older freaks, 60-plus, but I'd agree that most freaks are in their 20 to 30s. Yeah. You know, and, and that um, and that might even go younger. We might even call it, you know, just teenage to 30s. And part of that, I think, is just age. Uh, I know, Maturity, you mean? Yeah, maturity, because I know, you know, the smoking hot wife and I talk about this all the time, where we just losing it because we're getting older. We, we did stupid things, obviously. When the answer is yes. <laughs> we were kids. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, you do. You, you know, you look at crazy crap kids are doing that and go, oh, "I did crazy crap too." But you know, crazy crap. Yeah, my crazy crap is fine. Theirs is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like um, uh, yeah. Well, oh, shit, I can't. Nim- it's like NIMBYs in a lot of ways. Oh, you know, not my backyard. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, and sometimes yeah, I think the maturity level comes into it. They they don't know any better um of course every generation thinks that the uh you know the previous generation isn't teaching their kids well enough so every you know it's like the in-between people like my mother would think that i'm not doing good enough because my kids are idiots or something you know it's always those in-between ones who blame the generation before them or behind them for something like we we blame like clinton's generation for all the the fruit love pot smoking hippie shit right and uh, other generations will blame, like, Reagan's generation for the Cold War, finger on the button stuff. Uh, yeah. So they all, every generation is blaming another generation for uh, something else. Uh, but Richard, Richard has a comment that he thinks that uh, the freaks have their, idea, have their ideas of what they want and are idealistic or egotistical, and that they are the only ones who are right. Now, see, I, I think that... Yeah, freaks have their ideas and they think everyone else is wrong. I think that more is a fundamental mentality than a freak mentality. A freak mentality is someone that's all about them and their. Um, well, I guess it might it, that might cut across there, both actually. Cut across because sometimes freak is just because of the immaturity. I think they just they haven't opened themselves up to too many other experiences in life, and they have found the one thing to cling on to uh you might almost say it's a little bit of uh i don't know if it's would add be the right thing they've just focused on one thing they can't have too much else in their life uh and it's like the trekkie or the the die whore die whore die hard <laughs> um star wars fans they they live it they dress like it they almost come to work like it um they wear fedoras and leather hats and or fedoras and leather jackets and um, <laughs> sorry, a little inside joke there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Have whips, you know. Uh, no one we know has whips. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and he wears a fedora and a leather jacket. We know. Okay, I know who you're talking about for that, but he carries a whip too. He used to. He has one. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Richard, he's he's heard or thought he saw Star Wars for Star Wars. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. All, right. All right. So, so I, you know, I, I I don't think we need to necessarily separate uh, one from the other and describing it. I know. I think I saw Earl Post. He'll stop using that, and I I don't think there's any reason he should. Um, he sees it a little differently on on his coast, and we may have done out here 
And there might be the difference of we do have the original park where some people think, I, I really do believe that something kind of do whatever you want in Florida. It's, you know, Walt never walked the actual parks. Of course, he walked the, you know, the, the swamps. The swampy land, yeah. One, two, that was that video. Anyways, um, but he never actually got to walk and nurture the park and direct its change. Where here at Disneyland, he did. So I think some people have a, uh, a you know, if I get, you can see my quotes, a connection with the spirit of Walt that nothing should change. Florida, fine, it's a new thing. Uh, mess with it all you want, but don't change Disneyland. It's it's the holy grail. It's me- yeah, yeah. Mecca, you know, uh, that kind of a thing. I don't know, and actually Richard is, is agreeing with us on this one. Now, er- but he also he also he also makes an interesting comment that Disneyland has a richer history than Walt Disney World. Well, I, I, I the East Coasters may disagree, but I think that is a fact, and it's not trying to put Walt Disney World down at all. But I, I think he's absolutely correct, and I'd love to. It's too bad we couldn't have had Earl. We didn't know this would turn in that direction, or any of the East Coast uh, guys, Art Jarl, anybody that's worked uh, in Florida. They may see that a little different. They may have some of their own sort of fundamentalist types. I know we do have a lot of people clinging on to the original Epcot and the original <laughs> Epcot ideas. But when you really get down to it, that was so bastardized from Epcot and Walt's minds. I'm not really sure if you can get all that hung up that they're changing Epcot, the theme park's fundamental idea when Epcot the theme park was nothing close to Epcot to Walt's Walt's dream real idea but you could kind of say some of its core principles that they supposedly established is what it should be his I think they could definitely say it's been derailed but I don't know if you'd go into the total fundamentalist with with that like you do out here I really do think we see a different sort of uh, DF out here I mean freaks you're going to find everywhere so, you know, can you call them Disney freaks? You can call them Star Wars freaks, uh, Star Trek freaks, uh, uh, computer freaks, whatever. DF is a definite fundamentalism um, and really, in a lot of ways, have I don't want to say destroyed because that's almost too harsh of a term. It has greatly impacted and hindered the further development I really th- sometimes think that it's even permeated Burbank and Glendale, and we really, yeah. Well, we do know this is a fact. I don't think it will be disputed, and Richard would probably chime in and agree that after Walt died, the studio suffered from fundamentalism, and you might say that's where fundamental fundamentalism, Disney fundamentals, really rose, which was. What would Walt do? That was their mantra. What would Walt do? Well, sure. You got to, you know, there's a, a reaction to losing your head of your family. One of the things you can do is to pretend that person has stepped out and will return any minute. But I think also you continue, that- so you continue to try to do things the way they would want. So when they come back, <laughs> I, you know, I would agree. And what's funny is Richard's going exactly where I'm going and he's typing this. Walt would <laughs> not have made the fifth Herbie movie. He might not have even made the second one. Um, sequels weren't a big deal for him, though. even though he said he had never... There's quotes. I actually got to say that 
I've only seen Walt quoted saying this, but I've actually never seen where the original came from. It's a, it's like almost one of those fake quotes that go around. If someone can prove it, I'm fine with that. But there's been this um, disparity between Walt saying he'd never do a sequel and Walt actually doing some sequels, <laughs> such as uh, The Absent-Minded Professor and then Flubber. Son of Flubber. There have been also some other... Uh, variations uh, of that, and I can't. Um, I, I, they're, I'm losing it at the moment. But there's also things where Walt said he wouldn't do what some other animation companies did, which is, you know, in the background, every person, everything will be animated. They won't use like you do one, you copy it over, and so they all kind of move the same. You go to some of the old mm. Disney cartoons, and I'm sorry, you see the 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 funny bunnies and animals in the back. They're all, you know, bouncing the same behind it. So I don't know where some of these concepts came from, but shit like that happened. And and some people, the fundamentalism, fundamental ones, don't want to ever believe that. And, and, and they'll never believe it. Uh, oh. Yeah. Rich was saying Flubber and Professor was a cereal. Really? Two, two I don't think, constitutes a cereal. Um, Davy Crockett was a serial was it three movie uh three tv shows they made, made into two movies or two two tv shows that they ended up releasing into the movies he's saying five five i have them on dvd somewhere i'll have to go take a look uh spin and marty i would agree he's saying that's a serial obviously that's a serial i don't well, think you that could... came off of mickey mouse club yes but i don't think you could call professor and son of flubber a serial was... no they weren't television well i don't know they were two movies, but it's not really the point. The point is that they suffered early on for from what would Walt do, and I think some of the fundamental fundamentalism types would have preferred not to see the company become the mega corporation they are today. And I really think they look at Eisner and Wells as being the Antichrist and his son, or his brother, or however you might want to look at that. When early in Eisner's history, we've been over this before, he, he really came and saved the company in a lot of ways. Sure he did. Did they go too far? You know, you could argue yes and no and go on for that for all day. But that builds into the whole um, thing about the fundamentalist will always go back to it didn't work like this under Walt. And Walt wouldn't have done this. Well, you don't know. In that interview yeah. that uh, uh, Sharon uh, Disney Miller did with Moulton proves the point, and I've seen this now quoted more than once since that, that uh, DVD came out, is she even mentions that she didn't use the term fundamental. If she would have said, just like my Fundam- cast said, that, that was yeah, yeah. really cool. <laughs> she did, but she said that there's so many fans that don't want them to change anything her father wouldn't have seen things like that. He, he enjoyed advancing things. She believed he would have embraced CGI. She believed he would have embraced a a lot of new things. And I've heard a, a former top of the line podcast that is now broken up and gone two separate ways say that they thought CGI had hit its peak. It was, um, and I might be, putting a few words into the mouth, but oh well, they're not a- around as a... They're two separate yeah, they ways. can't... Break- so, yeah. you know, bitch all you want. 
but they the way I understood them saying is CGI was dead. You know, it's not you know gathering that much um, excitement anymore. And the CGI car, computer animation is you know what when I liked it. We can't wait to get back to hand. It's just not that good. Personally, I find both. I think both of them uh, can live side by side. I think there's a market for both, and I think Disney would have definitely jumped into it and tried it. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, television, hand drawn and CG are next to each other on television all day long. You know what? You could go on forever with. I don't know why. It, it's a personal preference. Somebody they don't like CGI, so and, and Disney hasn't exactly done CGI animation very well. Pixar has, but Disney's solely done uh, computer animation. I don't think has been the best out there. Hasn't been bad. I haven't seen Robinsons yet. Um, I want to see it more for the Tomorrowland, oh, Todayland background <laughs> think, than the story. <laughs> but I, Chicken Little, eh, you know, big deal. Chicken Little was okay. Okay, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all that stellar, you know, depth or whatever like you get with, I guess, you know, Cars. Cars, Cars, not that great. You know, the story was kind of thin, but boy, it looked awesome. Well, I, I so far I've liked all the Pixar movies, and none of them haven't been. Yeah, yeah no, I, I enjoyed. Really I enjoyed. I mean, yeah, how, I how how hard? Okay, how depth was Bambi? Bambi, your mother is dead, or you know whatever he said. I mean, young young Bambi, mom gets killed. He's on his own, little fluffy characters. Blah blah. He grows up to see that man does this. And, Keep a Bambi how, was what nineteen forty what? Saying how in depth is that? Richard and I were sort of was, having this argument, but it wasn't in depth. But Bambi, the the I don't want to say the miracle, but the the awesomeness of Bambi in the nineteen forties. Someone's got to Richard. Look it up. We're going to tell us what you're a hammer for this because I, when I've said things yeah, like should, I didn't think Dumb was that great. The animation didn't live up to its predecessors. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I got lambasted for saying that I didn't think it was that great of a success. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Bambi. The 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 awesomeness of Bambi was about the 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 capturing of how animals move. Oh, okay. hey, I'm, that was that was the breakthrough of Bambi. I'm you know, we deny that observation i'm just saying that i think there's an overemphasis again and then the fundamentalists will go the freaks are always freaky but fundamentals you brought up a good a good thing is they're all into like well walt told all these stories walt did this walt did that um not necessarily true find me a story <laughs> in the freaking muppet right or not the muppet the, the little uh it's a small world and they came up with the freakiest song which is are still freaking people out from this day uh, that just gets stuck in your head. Um, it's a pageant, right? You're yeah. inundated with visuals. Okay, right? It's all happy. Sure. feels good. Pirates. Give me a freaking story in there. You're just seeing scenes of pirates having havoc, yeah. right? And they had to clean it up hey. because most pirates died of scurvy and venereal diseases and all that, so they tried to make it a little more fun. Mansion. Not a true story through the whole thing. It's more of a pageant. It's an experience. And you see all these fundamentalists saying, oh, everything's got to have a story. And now, I've also heard this reference to Eisner being obsessed with story, that every attraction had to have a story, blah, blah, blah. Don't know. Don't really care that much. Give me another. You know, Indiana Jones is a pretty good example. A little bit of a story. But when you go through the right, it's more of a pageant. It's visuals. You're yep. shocked by things. You're scared by things. You're almost thrown out of your car half the time. Um, 
it's just an experience 360 all around you. That's what you know. I think uh, I'm looking for. But the fundamentalists all go always go back to well, Walt told these great stories. Walt did this. Walt did that. Well, but, Walt was yes. Walt understood. You know, Walt had certain visions. You know, he had the whole thing. You know, know your audience, wear your guest shoes. Um, oh, that's great! You know. and, and Walt was a good storyteller, like Richard's saying. And I don't think the same emphasis is put on about, like you said, wearing the guest shoes, getting in the park. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much of that is pushed today. Um, Bambi was released in 1942, by yeah, the way. I saw that. He's typing away. He's good for no. That, that's me. I asked him to look it up, and he was started a tangent about Small World. Did you I don't know if you heard the story. Small World? No, don't care. Uh, moving right along. So anyway, <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? You were talking about CGI side by side. Oh, Chicken Little. You know, the Chicken Little, I thought, actually was kind of funny. You know, all the all the fairy tale references and... and uh, and all the sight gags, I don't know, kept kept the kids happy, and I got to laugh. Yeah, I'm starting to watch Over the Hedge. We recorded it in high def the other day. I just haven't sat down. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Visually, I was immediately drawn into that one a little more than Chicken Little by the visuals. I have no idea about the story and, and seeing it. Uh, Is Over the Hedge Disney? No. It's no, I just want to say that's, a, that's somebody else. Um now, I've heard the latest Shrek is kind of a disappointment. So, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. No, I watched. I, I saw it. took the kids to see Shrek the third. They laughed at the right spots. There's a lot of gags for the kids, you know. But, yeah, it seems to, you know, the, the, the originality of the first one has gotten lost. I thought the second one was weak compared to the first one. I actually thought the trailers for the second one were better than the movie in whole. <laughs> the first one was unique. And even the first one... Has a lot for the adults that really the kids don't need to see, in my opinion. And it's getting, <laughs> getting a, maybe a little, uh, I don't know, Pollyannish. But there's some, you know, PG 13 and PGs become very blurred these days. And, yes, um, yes. Um, but I don't know. So but there's, I'll, I'll go see Shrek 3. I hope, hopefully, we'll see it in the movies. If not, you know, I'll rent it because I like, in general, the first two Shreks. And I actually liked the way Shrek One took some digs at Disneyland. Uh, oh yeah, it was funny. It was good poke. It was it was good funny. Sort of yeah. sort of like yes. riding Jurassic Park, and you see the Mickey ears floating that say Michael on them. That's good funny. That's poking poking some fun fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have never seen that. You're laughing like you hadn't seen that. No, no, the the ride you're yeah. talking about. Jurassic Park, the ride at Universal. I have not. I have been to Universal Studios. And what year is this? Fourteen years. Wow. Well. On that attraction, at one point, there's some Mickey ears floating in the water, and they say Michael on them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice dig. Yeah, no, that's uh, those kind of little inside things. I, I find kind of funny. Um, All right, uh, what are we talking about? Well, we're you know trying to further define freak and, and fundamentalism, but you know that's funny well, because I've been corrected before when some of the podcasters. We're together, and it's a fool. DF. No, that's not a DF. So obviously, some that's a DF. Yeah, some people are <laughs> that. Uh, there's room for it to be both, because I think when if I was to say, "Oh, that guy's a DF," and he's an obvious freak, 
it would be understood if I said that guy's a DF and it's more of a fundamentalist. I think now people will understand more in the reference. They'll use the DF to apply in the right way, you know. Uh, well, I mean, we, we all we all use it as a pejorative term for anybody who's clueless. That's true. It's it's become a bigger thing than what it was originally intended for. Wouldn't you say? Correct. It's a yes. It's a catch-all. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and it has you know, and it can be used. You know, can be talking about Disney fundamentalist or dumb. You know, <laughs> that's true. It's got a third meaning there too. <laughs> which I think is what when I first mentioned it uh, why you couldn't stop laughing because that's right because I kept that's all I kept thinking yes yeah. that audio is worth replaying just to hear you not being able to curb your laughter well, okay well it's on it's posted it's on it's, it's on the I'm board saying that was funny I mean oh. infectious because I was trying not to laugh because I was being serious and yes you, just, and I was, you were like a you know, little <laughs> Three-year-old in the back of the room. Well, Black. junior high school, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Bambi meets Godzilla, 1969 Canadian cartoon created entirely by Marv Newland. <laughs> you ever see Bambi meets Godzilla? Yes, that is that is one of the funniest <laughs> I've ever seen. We actually showed that Richard. Richard Chimes is a great cartoon. Back, you know, I, we went to a small private high school. We used to have my class. He, Richard was a year behind me. My class started these movie nights, and we'd take, you know, and I say quotations, um, donations, because we would get these movies at the local library back when you could rent a 16 millimeter projector and movies from the library. It was very cool days. Um, but you were technically not supposed to charge for admission to these, so you would ask for a donation. So we did these at school to raise money. Well, Richard, because the geek he is about everything photographic, would uh, always help out and you know set up the projectors, run the movies, and we rented um, uh, Bambi meets Godzilla and, and smack. You know what? That three <laughs> seconds long. Yeah, that's like seconds. two minutes yeah. or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been, and Hardware Wars. Those were in fact. We thought we'd almost bought the farm on hard, Hardware Wars. Because there's a point where the Darth Vader type character is backing up, and I think it goes, "What the?" And he stops. <laughs> well, you know, we're thinking again, private Christian high school. We're like, "Oh crap! Uh-oh. This will be the last one of these we ever have." And he didn't finish his statement, and uh, that was that was pretty good. Surprisingly enough, a Star Trek episode we showed was one of our most popular movies, uh, but it is probably an in unarguable in a probably the best star trek episode uh which one ever written uh, it's the um richard will probably type it before jane uh collins was in it is it jane collins joe collins city on the edge of forever on the edge of forever and it was actually very popular even with the non-star trek types because it's got such a good and compelling story yeah 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 let her die or Save Spock or Save McCoy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Richard and I were. T- you mentioned about story and the. You know, and this goes into freaks and fundamentalisms and all that. We we're talking about Nemo. I asked him what he thought of Nemo, and he. I think he said he kind of liked it. And I said uh, I think it's kind of a C ticket in an E ticket shell, and I find it to be like a dark ride. I know the technology is top notch and it looks really good, but I find it to be like a dark ride 
in this this old T E ticket. And I was saying, you know, why couldn't they have done well, you know, he's going into a way it's supposed to be a Tomorrowland attraction, not Fantasyland, so that line is blurred, but I'm like, well, you know, why couldn't they do Mermaid? And uh, he was Yeah, we talked about Well, he was uh, giving me some crap about, you know, Mermaid is a timeless story and uh, you know, the the Nemo um uh, Nemo's merchandise is still selling like gangbusters, and it's still kind of yeah, I, kind of what your snort is kind of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and I'm saying, you know, it's probably more like this is in the now, and this is what kids remember because it's what Nemo's what four years, five years old. Um, it's fairly current. They're still pumping the stuff. Uh, Mermaid is part of you know the the reassert assertions of the whole princess line and and all that and he was saying how timeless the story is and i'm like i don't give a crap how timeless the story is if it's not in the here and now with the attention span of i think the audience disney right now wants the the right now the the, what they can push and hawk that's going on right now and what other in the water thing do they have that they could have thrown in the subs you know and i would have prefer to see mermaid though it's still a cartoon i would look at it as a dark ride uh type of a thing um <sighs> nemo is pretty much <laughs> open to whatever the hell you want to do with it <laughs> yeah uh but you know the mermaids have somewhat of a tie to the submarine boys because they used to have the mermaids sure. out there and they had the mermaids in the uh in the water also but you know it's here i can deal with it i'll go on it if the line's not too long, but I, I don't think I'd wait, like we talked on the other show, very yeah. long to go see it. Rope uh, drop. And he's, he was telling about how, he was giving me crap about because how old the, you know, the story is and how timeless it is. And I don't know, I necessarily um, agree with that because, I mean, some of the Hans Christian Andersen stuff is just downright frightening and freaky. So is the Grimm brothers. Grin. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised we're still telling some of those stories, especially in the PC world that we're in now. Uh, tangent number, are you, whoever knows. Are you lighting up? No, no, no. I was playing with the bottle cap for my adult. Oh. Thought you sound like a lighter. No, yeah, it sounds good to get a stogie going, but it's kind of late, so I don't think I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. All right, well... Then let's wrap up. Trying to correct me, I just mentioned that Mermaid is an old story. It has lasting power. Nemo is hot now, but who knows in ten years? See, I, I, agree. I don't know if I necessarily agree. It's hot now. Disney has made you know three new attractions with it, and I think, well, maybe four, five attractions with it. If you want to count Turtle Talk here, Turtle Talk there. The two Nemo attractions plus the new Nemo musical out of a non-musical story. Um, they've yeah. kind of created the the buzz, I think. They, they found something that was popular enough when the movie was out and created a bigger buzz about it by reviving it. And I really think Mermaid could have been uh, revised just as easily. I agree. Or it, well, they just released it. Re-released yeah, it well, exactly. G- what, what kind of a timing would that have been? I mean... Uh, granted, that was shoot, that was when my daughter, my oldest daughter, was four or five, and it's, so Mermaid's what twelve years old. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Mermaid was released in eighty nine. So it's eighteen years old. Oh jeez. 
it's unbelievable how time <laughs> how time passes you know yeah all right well oh, that, do you think that's you know richard richard came i hate this having to read the, the, the audience can't hear this but richard's got an idea for another show i don't think he meant it as an idea for another show but does merchandise run attractions or attractions run merchandise or do we have true synergy uh, that's a mm. great, write that down that's a great idea for us okay i will write that down and i'll actually uh, does merchandise? You know who I'd love to see on that show is what? um, not Toast this time, but Earl, because Earl can give us the East Coast perspective on this. Run the okay. We'll have to send him a message. Yeah. Does merchandise run the attractions? He says, "I thought we talked about this before. I'm not sure quite with those guidelines to the the subject matter." Uh. But I, I think it's a it's a good thing to re. Hey, you know, eventually we're going to rehash a show here and there. We might as well go for yep. it again. Uh, and uh, Richard wasn't a part of that show, so if we did talk merchandise, or do we have true synergy, or yeah, and do we really need synergy? I, I I'm synergy thing. It's almost the word is starting. Uh, it's a dirty word. Yeah, well, it's like um, closure, and I'm just trying to think yeah. of these words that just make me want to. Hurt my cookies. <laughs> Spill your oats. All right. So, does merchandise run the attractions, or does attractions run merchandise, or do we have two synergy? All right. So, I wrote that down. We'll have to get Earl. Yeah, I think a four-way with Earl and Richard and us would would uh, four-way. Yeah. Okay. I think that. All right. That's a promising show idea. Yes, it actually is. I think though we we need to close. Have, have we examined? All the possible avenues. I think we examined far more other things than we did the whole DF thing. But (laughs) between this um, re-iteration of what we believe a DF is, is the fundamentalist, and kind of IDing what we believe the freak is and the difference in how sometimes they blend, in addition to what um, we have in the forum... We got a lot of yeah. other stuff in, and we beat. And the diff, for sure. But Greg, Greg, yeah. say fundamentalist. Fundamental. Not fund. Fund. Fundamentalist. Fundamental. There's a D. In- All right. Tomato, tomato. Get the hell off no. back. <laughs> All right. Well, you're you're making the D into a T a couple times, and I was like, ah, if I'm cringing, what's the listeners doing? Shutting us off. If they shut us off anyway, so you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Any other <laughs> housekeeping crap we got to take care of? <laughs> Let's see. We don't have a voicemail line anymore, <laughs> so we don't need to mention that because someone forgot to keep that going. Uh, so I can't have, say anything. That. Yes, you can't say anything about that because <laughs> that was one small duty you had. Oh, it was not. Don't be so full of crap. Okay. It was one of two small duties you have. Uh, How's that? I never thought it was one of my duties to begin you with. You set so. the thing up. Um, you had the uh, password uh, and all the account information. Eh, I kind of think that's on your plate. Okay. Oh, Richard wants to know what this email he has is. It's yeah. called Richard at micecast.com. And hey, there's probably something else Mike may have dropped the ball on. It's not giving you the information to put it in Outlook for you. Mm, yeah. So, oops. Could be. 
Yeah. Okay. So now you could set that up as an alias that just forwards to his other account because he yes, I could. he's a little challenged on doing that kind of a thing. So. Yes, I could. Yeah. That's what I probably will do. Why don't you just do that? So we've got Richard okay. at MiceCast.com. We have Greg at MiceCast.com and Mike at MiceCast.com. Yes. No phone message. Okay. No one was leaving us messages anyway, so it's not like it's a great big loss. <laughs> Yes, the phone number's on magnets. Hey, 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 so it's got to be, <laughs> you know, we've got to keep up with the Joneses in the podcasting world. We have to have a voice. No one left this voicemail. It's no big deal. What would be better, though, is, you know, you can go to iTunes and leave, you know, reviews. Good reviews, yeah. Or you, if you don't feel like leaving a review, just say that uh, the good reviews are helpful and the bad reviews are not helpful. Well, or you could take this perspective before you leave us a bad review and you have a critique, because a lot of times that's all bad reviews are, sometimes not worded very nicely. Give us an email because we would like to improve the show. And if I can't pronounce fundamentalist and that's driving you nuts, how about give us an email first and let me try to correct my diction before <laughs> you, uh, you know, rip us a new one on iTunes. And um, <laughs> if it, you like the show, we're MiceCast. If you don't like, to, if you don't like the show, we're we inside the magic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, that's Richard. Oh uh, yes, that was good, Richard. He comes up with one every now and then, uh, but you know I think uh, I think that's just common courtesy for any review that you leave is because most of the time it's about something that you don't like about the show. Well, you know, give us a chance to improve it because we are Extra. trying to improve the show when we can. We take any feedback, good and bad. Yeah, and show ideas. Like you said, we're we're really um, running thin on some of those lately. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but we, you know, the thing we haven't done that we need to do is more in the park shows because people have really liked Yeah, yeah. Well, we did we just did one. We just did one. At a good, at a good time. We should go back and do the lair. I think we need to go to the lair. Yeah, cuz you haven't done the lair and the lair is pretty No, cool. I have not. Yeah, well, let's let's we'll put that on our calendars for another in the park show and <laughs> see if uh, we can get uh, Bob's favorite Richard over there and um go through it again and let you know, see what's going on. Yeah. All right. So we. So I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, we've covered our our house. Yeah. And I think we're done. Uh, any. Uh, how would you say any promotional type things we need to do for anything new? No, not that I know of. Go to the DPN post. Have fun. Introduce yourself. Stop lurking. Don't be a lurker. Yeah. Well, there is. There's two new podcasts. Did we already mention that? The Meandry Mouse TV? Is that what it's called? Meandry Mouse Club TV and what? At the Main Street Cinema? That, I think that's the other one, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> I'm going to say good I'm, I'm just going to say good night. I'll have to say good night for Richard because he's probably typing okay. it because. Good night. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, good night. See ya. Captivity. 
Well, I hit 